and then they saw me in a bra, and that was exactly. it. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You are listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I am Brad Blazek. Yes, you are. <laughs> Good job, bud. You yeah, said your name. You. I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of you, What's bro. What's How's your name? Man, you've come a long way in a year. <laughs> I just say it now. I still kind of feel weird about it. No, man, that wasn't just saying it. You went, and I'm Brad Blazek. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those syllables in there, man. I'm just going to start saying Brad B. Yeah, man. You'll be the lead I'm Brad B. Guy. I'm Brad can B. We, can we, yeah, oh, can don't we do, do it again? the way you just said it. That was too like, <laughs> I'm Brad B, and I really love baseball. <laughs> Ugh, that overly earnest, like. I'm Brad B. Hey, everybody. <laughs> See, that rhymed. That would be so we could not continue the <laughs> show like if that's that. the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's good to hear your voice though, man. We've both oh, been thanks. busy. We don't. We usually get yeah. a couple like conversations something. in, you know, yeah, during a week or something. Week. So much so, I was dreaming about the fact that you just didn't call me. <laughs> <laughs> Who me? Like I was so anxious. About I'm the easiest today. person to get a hold of. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just call, right? Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. dude. If you ever need me, don't text me. Just call me. But leave a voicemail, and then, <laughs> and then let know. me check it. <laughs> and then hopefully you're not dead by then. Right? Yeah. That's how I roll. I've learned. Man. I've learned with you musician types. It's always like, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm in a session right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. Well, yeah, I really am. Yeah, I'm not lying to uh, you. All right. <laughs> you don't believe me? No, I do. Oh, I now do. you're just saying that. <laughs> you don't believe me. Mm. I believe Mm-mm. you. You're good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit. I mean, yeah. You could tell me anything. <laughs> well... I think this catch up at the beginning of the episode session is <laughs> over. Sucks. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Did no, you say dude, it sucks? I'm good. How, no, I didn't no. say that. Oh, okay. No. No, it what's up? How you been? In my head. I've been good, man. Just been busy. I, yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right. Awesome. <laughs> well, this episode. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, it's, <clears> it's 1020. Uh, mm. This episode is supposed to be out in an hour and a half. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll try and we'll try. And I doubt it. You know, it'll be we'll close. Still be recording it'll be close to midnight. It'll be midnight-ish yeah. when this comes out. Um, Earth time. Yeah, yeah, man. Earth does time. not. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, we. This is episode sixty-four tonight. We're going to be talking about the show at the Off Ramp Cafe from October twenty-second, nineteen ninety. 28 years ago, if you're listening to this on Monday, 28 years ago today. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. I, uh, 
I had not listened to that in a very long time. I didn't even know it existed until like three years ago. Uh huh. And I was just like, like crying when I first discovered it. <laughs> really? I was. So yeah, you like I love just it? Was, I love it so much. Do you not? Oh, this is gonna be a good episode. Oh my god, it's. I love it so much. Oh. It's incredible. Can we just skip it's... emails this week and get straight to it? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to start crying now because you don't like it. Uh, hold on. That's not what I said. Uh, okay. I have not said anything, actually. <laughs> you just said that. Yeah, but you are so excited to break my heart. No, I don't like. think I'll be breaking your heart. <clears throat> well, we'll talk about it. Okay. Or maybe uh-huh. I will. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's um, been broken so many times. By me. <laughs> Brad Lyons is a heartbreaker. Uh, <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is a great episode. What? You keep so, saying so that far. now you're making me paranoid. No, All right. No, dude. let's let's move on. Um <laughs> so, I'm in a weird fucking I can place tell. if you can. I can tell. It's another reason why this is, might be one of the yeah, classic episodes as we mm-hmm. look back. Yeah, we'll see. I can't wait to listen in twenty years. Like, what the fuck was going on that night? Yep. And uh, if you've never listened to us before, um, mm. number one, I'm sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, please. if you made it through that, yeah. Uh, yeah, go back all... and listen to like an episode where we had a guest on. And she, oh, these people are, have already are... quit listening. They didn't get to the part. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are. Right, gonna... a, but I'm going to do yep. it anyway. <clears throat> Uh, we are an all Pearl Jam podcast. Uh, new topics every week. Um, every once in a while, some bonus episodes. But um, yeah, we cover records, we cover shows, we cover kind of everything. Um, but tonight we're covering a show from October 1990, which is going to be really interesting. And uh, we're going to get into some listener email, I believe, right? Yes. We ready for it? I am ready. All right. What? I am ready. Oh, shit. I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not. Well, no, I'm ready for this. Okay. I'm, yeah. You all right, bro? Mm hmm. All right, bro. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do some Pearl Jam story time. Good evening. This is uh, Storytellers. We are here to tell stories. We just have friends up here that are listening to stories. Have I got a little story for you? This is the true story. So this week's story time comes from Randy Sobel, one of um, one of our our what do you call it? Uh, our biggest podcast rivals. Oh, right. Right? Like, yeah, dude. I mean, we're going to take him down. Yes. Yes. That's why we're talking about him. <laughs> JK. Hello. Uh, now, Randy and Matt over on the Live on Four Legs podcast. This comes from Randy. And this actually comes from a few months ago because, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, all of these Pearl Jam story times have built up. So we're going back a few months. 
But anyway, Randy writes in, Hey, Brad and Brad, this is my first time writing into you guys, but I've been listening to your pod for a few months now. It's a perfect way to kill some time on a three-plus-hour car ride that I have to endure for work. My favorite episodes are the ones on the individual albums because I love the breakdown of the songs and reasoning behind writing them. I haven't seen it in your archive yet, but I'm assuming you guys are going to do Yield at some point soon. That's my favorite album, so I hope you don't shit on it too much. What's up? Nothing. I just think it's funny. Like, are you guys going to do Yield? And this was written in yeah. June. <laughs> right. It's three <laughs> months later, and we still... Still no Yield. But, I mean, do you want to... Oh, yeah. We're, we're actually... Uh, we have a date to record it, so... Yeah. It's coming definitely up. coming up soon. What is, man, it's almost Christmas time. I was going to say it'd be like a Christmas present. Oh, that's true. But God, be, don't even be, say that it's almost Christmas. Oh. I know, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, here is my story time story. I'd always grown up with the band having an older brother who graduated from high school in the early 90s. He was 11 years my elder, so it was easy to steal his CDs when he went away to college. Although he always had Pearl Jam on in his car, I'd say they were maybe fifth on his go-to list behind Fish and the Dead and a few Your others. favorite bands. Yeah, man. <laughs> I went through a I went through a fish phase. Yeah, yeah, man. Go to shows. I, I yeah, I'm good. I yeah, even... it didn't last long. I don't listen to them now. <laughs> I'm just saying I went through a phase. I like mean, that. I guess I respect the fact that those dudes are still going Dude. strong and people love them. But I just I am not that person. I get it. So. I mean, they're yeah, absolutely. They're amazing musicians. I would yeah. totally get why people wouldn't want to listen to them, though. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm here for you, bud. So thanks, man. Oh, man, that makes me feel good. Love. <laughs> so obviously, I grew up with them, but as a preteen, I gravitated more towards uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Stone Temple Pilots. I really didn't dig into the band until I was about 12 years old in 1998. That's the year that Yield came out. I remember the day I bought the album. I was supposed to take part in a county choir recital or something. I went to the rehearsal and it just wasn't what I expected it to be. I didn't want to be a choir slash chorus kid because I didn't think I meshed very well with them. So I said there was absolutely no way that I'm going to do this and I quit that very day. My mom was pretty upset with me over it, but when my dad came home, I avoided discussing it with him. He asked me if I wanted to go to Record Town, uh, which he wouldn't have done had he known I had quit. And that's the day I bought Yield. I remember watching the Do the Evolution video on MTV a lot, and I loved the song and always loved Todd McFarlane's animation, so I was instantly hooked. Yield will always have a special place in my heart, and I regard it as my favorite of their albums. At the time, I was amazed that a band could pour out so many different emotions in one album, from Brain of Jay being this raw, modern punk angst, to Faithful reaching that passion from within, <clears throat> to Longitudes and Latitudes being so fucking absurd with the amazing blues-inspired take on No Way. This might have been the first album where I realized that you could mesh so many styles into 13 songs and come up with something beautiful. For two years, there wasn't a plane or long car ride where I didn't have yield on my disc man. 
But the early 2000s went on, and it felt like my taste in music was changing almost weekly. I went through long stints listening to System of a Down and Tool, and almost thought I'd be sitting here as an adult, still, still one of the biggest pro, uh, still one of the biggest Chili Peppers fans ever. I can't forget my punk ska phase I went through, though bands like Bad Religion are still heavy in my rotation today. Uh, Bad Religion just released a new single the other day. Oh, yeah, I have it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's, it sounds just like Bad Religion. Cool. It's so it's I love those dudes. I'll check it out. Um, through all of this, Pearl Jam kind of became an afterthought. Riot Act came out and I bought it, but I don't think I ever gave it the attention that I gave. Uh, by the way, or Songs for the Dead, one of my favorite albums ever. Songs for the Dead. Who's that? Um, Do you know? Queens of Stone Age. Oh, that's right. No, that song's... Is it, oh, wait. Did you say Song for the de- Dead or Deaf? He wrote Dead. He, it might have autocorrected. Yeah, probably. Maybe. But I know, by the way, is Chili Peppers. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until 2006 that I was reunited with them, and it was in a way that I wouldn't ever expected. In June of that year, I went on a trip to Canada with one person who I considered a friend and two others that I didn't know as well. I didn't know as well. It was sometime in the middle of college, and I was in a bit of a funk. We went to three Blue Jays games while we were there. At that time, I was really into players' walk-up at-bat music, so I was listening pretty closely to see who came out to what. There was a Blue Jays player, uh, Blue Jays first baseman by the name of Lyle Overbay, who used Jeremy as his at-bat theme. For some reason, I hadn't heard the song in quite some time, so something clicked in me. It was this weird sign from the gods of rock saying, Damn it, go listen to Pearl Jam. So once I got home from the trip, that's exactly what I did. I dusted everything off and started reacquainting myself with their catalog. From that moment on, there was no longer a question about who my favorite band was. Everything all generated so quickly that me and my friends dressed as Pearl Jam and performed at a Halloween social in college. I did radio shows on our station playing nothing but Pearl Jam tunes and even held a show with a friend that debated whether Pearl Jam or Nirvana was better. It was a great time to be a fan and my interest continued to grow and grow. June 25th is coming up and that always has been a special day for me. On June 25th of 2008, I saw Pearl Jam live at MSG for the first time in my life. It was everything you expect out of a first show, a set full of favorites with rare surprises and even an Ace Fraley sighting. I had a feeling before the show that this was going to be a moment that changed my life, but I had no idea what I was in for. They opened with release, which was something that I hadn't been prepared for. Every show I had ever been to, the band has opened with something fast and catchy to get the crowd started, but Pearl Jam did things differently because that's what they do best. I remember singing along and thinking to myself, that's it, I just figured out my religion. This night officially turned me from Pearl Jam fan into Pearl Jam nerd. In a matter of days, the day that changed my life is turning 10 years old. Since then, I've traveled all around the country to see them, seven states in total. New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Tennessee. Um, Fenway at the end of the summer will be my 19th and 20th shows, and it feels like everything has come full circle. I've been fortunate enough to witness some amazing things on that stage and hope to do so until I can at least bring my unborn child to sit alongside me. And by unborn, I don't even mean there's a child on the way. 
I won't even be married for another year, and kids ain't coming from now until then. Um, one last thing before I say goodbye. I think my favorite episode so far has been the Versus episode. This was the first time I was, that I had heard the story about what Go was written about that I believe has come up multiple times. In all other interviews or, or citing of the song, I read Eddie say he had no idea what it was about. After that podcast, the next time I listened to the song, I listened to it in a much different manner. Yeah, I'm about to get real nerdy here. I feel like Go doesn't just have lyrics written about a dying truck, but I think the music was written the same way. Listen to Jeff's bass line and tell me that doesn't sound like an engine struggling. That whole beginning part where they're kind of jamming is like putting the key in into the ignition and the car won't start. Then finally, the car starts and the engine turns on. Jeff's bass line signals that the car is on its last legs as Eddie pleads for it to not to die. I really wonder where Eddie is driving to at this point because he's singing as if he were, he were desperate. Was he getting somewhere to help a friend? Sounds like the truck picked the worst possible point in which to be on its last legs because you can replace a car. But what if he's trying to get to something that can't be replaced? Maybe the song is less about the truck and more about it being the worst possible time for it to go out on him now. I know I'm thinking into this a little too much, but shit, I love it. I hope you enjoyed my stories, my story, and hopefully it's good enough for you guys to deem it story time worthy. That comes from Randy Sobel. Hell yeah, man. I love that that stuff about about Go. Yeah. Just the that the mu- it could be the music is <clears throat> about a truck not just the lyrics you know makes sense it's funny because <clears throat> i think uh dave a wrote that riff mm-hmm. um it is it's this weird kind of like cycling start stoppy thing you know yeah yeah i never thought of it that way i hadn't either and that's you know it's a, it's an interesting take on it on that whole debate right hell yeah man Good email, Randy. Thanks for sending yeah, that thanks, in. Yeah, thanks, dude. Thanks for waiting 18 months to hear it yeah. on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a good thing, though. That means lots of people are writing in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Um, all right, them, next up. Keep we've, them coming. What's that? I said keep them coming. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And if anyone wants to do some more uh, intros, sounds like mm-hmm. we've got a few more listeners. And from time to time, if you guys want to uh, send, send in your own personal intro to be played on the show uh you can do that just email us at singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com because we haven't gotten one of those in a while uh, yeah it's been a little bit yeah um let's see here all right we got martin papish next hey finally catching up after a few weeks travel i so much appreciate the con- Uh, continuity of the podcast i'm on episode 59 right now listening to kate try to read an email while burrito prad recounts a story of rolling onto the floor after breaking a beanbag chair (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) sounds about right sounds like spt Uh, it's so hard to believe the intimacy of these conversations and the lingering distant connection that any of this has to Pearl Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Sorry about the tangents. Um, Pearl Jam. Thanks for the mega episode recounting the whole trip. Uh, I was so envious the entire time. I do have a real question. Who did the do 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 do
uh, in black when it was recorded. <laughs> Band member, session musician, um, always been a little curious about that. I bet that, I bet that was uh, Stone. I would put I, my yeah, money on Stone, or maybe Stone and Jeff together. That's what I was thinking. Because just they're like they doing do live. it, yeah. Well, and I'm sure I'm sure it was them on the on the demo that is yeah. who is that ballad e ballad is that what yeah. that one is yeah so I'm sure they they probably did it when they re recorded it in the for the for the album yeah I, I, maybe maybe even Eddie maybe I mean I'm sure they probably would have they probably would have had at least two voices doing that yeah it depends on how much they were layering shit on that record but. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's like a big gang vocal or anything. I bet it's just either Stone or just Jeff. That would be my guess. Um, he says, thanks for doing what you do, Brads and Kate Cotton. Little little, little shout out to Coco. Co- <laughs> oh, I almost called her her full name. Remember Catherine. early on when I did that? Oh, yeah. And then she wrote back and was like, yeah, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> she little she gave us a little bitch slap. That's right. Well, sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to do that, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Figuratively. Uh, thanks, again, Figuratively? thanks again, Martin. Uh, who you got next? Uh, Bev, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, good day there, Blazed Lion. Firstly, let me say what a great podcast you have going on. I'm so late to the party, but I wanted to write in as I noticed you recently completed an episode on the Mighty Jack Irons, and this week you completed one regarding all the drummers, so I wanted to tell you a Pearl Jam story that relates to that. My name is Bev, and I'm from Sydney, Australia. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Go ahead. You can't not do it, right? Oh, no. He (laughs) he demands that you don't do that. Oh, right. I didn't read that part. Um, The part where he specifically (laughs) says, Blaze, please don't say it. With, I think, at least two exclamation marks there. You missed that? Uh, Yeah, I didn't see that. Totally didn't see it. Right. I didn't read ahead because I had it in my head to say it. It just comes, you know. I anyway, it just comes out. If someone's from Australia, oh god, how can you not say all? The, I do it all the time. <laughs> I don't do that all the time. <laughs> like literally, I think every time I've talked to someone Australian, or mm-hmm. I've read an email from someone from Australia, or anything connected with Australia, I literally don't ever think to go good day mate <laughs> well that's because you're rude oh my bad <laughs> that's I got how it they say backwards. He- that's how they say hello mm. that's like being like hey what's up yeah but okay <laughs> i'm not yeah, gonna fight on this i don't have the energy All for right. this brad my name is Bev, and I'm from Sydney, Australia, so I've only been able to... This is my favorite part. So I've only been able to see Pearl Jam 11 times over here. That's a lot. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. That's Yeah, that's nine more times than I've been able to see him. <laughs> so. um, I've been lucky to also see Eddie solo seven times as well. 
Uh, I've been drumming for 32 of my 36 years of life, and I have played in and out of 10 or so bands. I figured you probably relate to that. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, when I was 15, I was handed a CD but by my then lead singer I was jamming with and told, learn track five on drums. The lead singer was able to organize a recording session for us at a local radio station, which would then be later played at 2 a.m. the next day. It turned out to be black. Of course, I listened to the rest of the album and thought it was okay, as I had heard one or two of the songs before on the radio. It wasn't until a year later that a friend recommended me to listen to No Code and I fell in love. I then raced to my local record store, found their new album at the time, which was Yield, and wore that puppy out. I have been in deep ever since. To all of my friends, I've known I'm known as the Pearl Jam freak. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah. That's Bev. Yeah, and the rest Australia. of the email is a story. So yeah, he, he we'll also sent in, in a, yeah, he sent in like a, a Pearl Jam story time proper story. So we are gonna read that in eight months. Yeah. So but I just wanted to That's crazy, man, coming in on you know, being able to buy yield and no code at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would well, have been, I that, I mean it's crazy too that like he heard ten and, Yeah. He heard ten and was like, Yeah, it's good. And then four years later he hears he hears no code and he's like, Oh my god. Yeah. I'm in love, mate. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. If that like no code is what brought him yeah, in. It is. <laughs> it really is. It's my favorite record. Yeah. Yeah. God, Brad. Impulse mm-hmm. control. Impulse I- control. <laughs> that's what it is. Oh dude, that's that's my problem. See, Aiden is still learning impulse control because he's ten years old. Mm-hmm. You, my friend. I'm getting there. I have none. I hope I he sell. learns it because I never did. And my life. Oh is God! Just what would amount ruined. to hours of audio I have of you shitting your pants? <laughs> that's a different kind of control. <laughs> I didn't even mean it that way, but that's funny. Good job. I like how you flipped that there. I don't even know if you yeah. meant to, but it was genius. Mm, thanks. Um, all right. Thanks, Bev. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Um, all right. I've got one from Chris Thomas. Let's see. He says, hi, Brad and Brad. With everything going on around me, I've been trying my best to find distractions for myself. My latest distraction comes from the much anticipated, for me anyway, as I've been catching up, the uh, avocado slash self-titled track by trap track episode 49. I'd be more than happy to bind a Blazix uh, want to relabel this album as nothing. However you, however you want to call it, my motivation came from a few lines quoted by Lyons uh, after going over Severed Hand. His comments regarding the ordering. The first quote is, uh, they put all the heavy hitters up front. And the next one, uh, they get you spoiled with these kick-ass, heavier, more energetic songs, and then it falls off afterward, which is true. Uh, And then the last one was maybe the order of this record was not the best, which I still stand behind that. 
Uh, and he says, right after I finished listening to episode 49, that last quote stuck out in my head. Uh, I took to Spotify and tried putting together a different order to see if I can get Lyons to reconsider his number 10 ranking. I'm not sure if you guys caught my random email over the weekend. Uh, I thought using Wasted Reprise as an opener into Life Late Wasted would work, and for me it does. I have the album starting with Wasted Reprise into Life Wasted and keeping Comatose in the same spot. Rather than completely stack the beginning of the track list with the heavy hitters, I try to separate them out. Uh, I moved Gone up behind Comatose and then put Parachutes right behind it. That was really challenging initially, uh, or what was really challenging initially, was figuring out where to put Inside Job. I tried putting it uh, right in the middle, but what I really, uh, but what, I can't read, I just made fun of you and now I can't read. <laughs> but what makes really, it, it works. Let me try that again. But what really makes it work is putting Severed Hand right behind it. It's almost like you get an encore in the middle of the album by doing this. Another heavy hitter uh, is Big Wave to bring back up the energy from Inside Job. I kept Army Reserve in the same spot and then finished out the album by using Unemployable as a prelude to what I think would be an awesome closer in Come Back. So he sent us this uh, copy of this playlist. Yeah. Um, he says, if you guys have any thoughts, especially Lions, would love to hear it. I've listened to the sequence a couple of times, and it works for me. Forced to endure what I could not forgive, Chris. So I did that. I think that morning did, that we got the email. I, I did, too. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, put one up on Apple Music. So if mm -hmm. you follow... Is yours on Apple Music as well? Yes. Yeah. So if you follow either of us on Apple Music, you can find it. Yeah, I think I there. I think it's Pearl Jam Nothing is what I put it. Okay, cool. Mine was just uh, Avocado, parentheses, Chris Thomas. Oh. Uh, little, okay, yeah, a little name recognition there. Um, yeah, sorry. What? <laughs> so did you... How much time did you have to kind of like sit I, with it? I only, I only listened to it one time, and I really liked... Uh, wasted reprise into life wasted. I like the whole thing. The only thing I might change is I, pr I see the way I look at it is like side A and side B. Mm -hmm. So I might take worldwide suicide and put it as like um, the beginning of side two. Mm -hmm. So take it, take it from after parachutes and scoot it down to. After Marker in the Sand. So Marker in the Sand oh, would gotcha. be the last song on side A. Gotcha. And then side B opens with Worldwide Suicide into Inside Job and Severed Hand. But the rest of it, I, I actually really, I thought it was pretty cool. I love Comeback being at the end. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. I think I would have, I think the only thing I would have done different was I would put <laughs> Wasted True Prize at the end. Really? I just like the bookend of it. Yeah. I don't know. I like it as an intro to the album, and I like it as like an intro tag to the actual Life Wasted song. Because mm -hmm. I've always thought those two it's would cool. sound good together. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think for me, it's like, I think it's cool. I'm not saying like, I hate it, but if I made any changes, that would be, I think that's, and I think it's just like a weird fucking symmetry thing with me. I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I get it. It's 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 the slow opener. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's cool. I I mean, I listened to it quite a few times this week. 
I liked it. Uh, I yeah. can't. I can't change my number ten. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't do that yeah. for me. But yeah. um, no, but it definitely has a, a different flow, different flow state, man. Yeah, it has a different feel being in this order. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know what would have to happen to get it out of the last, the number 10 spot. You know what I mean? Mm. Unless like the next record came out and it like fucking blew. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Which I, I hope know. does not happen. Yeah. Cause that's the fucking think... thing, man. Like you listen to his record, no matter whether it's this kind of like re-envisioned, um, playlist or whatever, or how it came out. It's again, it's like, it's not a shitty record, but right. If, I mean, I fucking love some of those songs. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows how much I love Army Reserve. And I mean, a lot of those songs I like a lot, but mm-hmm. as a record, I just can't put it. That's my Yeah, thing, I don't you know? think this would change my ranking of it, but I did enjoy it in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of fun listening to it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing that, Chris. Uh, all right. We're going to wrap up with what? You got some uh, YouTube comments well, here or something? I want to mention a couple emailers real quick. Okay. Um, our buddy John wrote in saying that I mentioned Green Day was from Bakersfield, and I was wrong. <laughs> They're from Berkeley. Berkeley, oh. Bakersfield, same thing. Not right? at all. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Berkeley, Berkeley and Bakersfield. I oh. mean, that's like fucking, yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I mean, they both have B's and K's in them, so they do. do You're right. Burger and King. I, I, I'm like a. <laughs> they're from Burger King, California. <laughs> um, and I love Green Day. I can't believe I. I, I thought you were about up. to say, "Oh, I love Burger King." I love. Get man. me one of them BK broilers. Amanda, can you grab me a Whopper real quick? What uh, was a broiler? BK broiler. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. I just remember the commercial. Uh, yeah, I remember the I remember. broiler. I don't know. All right. Hmm. Well, moving on. What was that McDonald's burger that was like hot on one side, cool on the other? You remember what? that? It came like. <laughs> it was like it came in this giant like it was like the meat and the bun was on one side. And then the, the meat and the like, bun was on one. Okay. And then they had like the lettuce and tomato on the other side. And it, they served it to you that way. So you could put it together. You don't remember this? Where? No. Mm-mm. Okay. You know, like when you open a Big Mac, like yeah. the, the carton. Yeah. They served it to you. Like open the like that? Open. Yeah. Like and open face? Yes. And it was to keep the lettuce and tomato from getting too hot until you and get kind of wilty. Yes. And this is Burger King that did this? No, no, this was McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. Oh, of course, I'm sorry. Yeah. McDonald's. But Man, I really But there's they're like dial that shit in, huh? The commercial was like, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh the commercial was like it keeps the hot stuff hot and the cool stuff cools. <laughs> Man. It's so stupid. Always got to explain things to the lowest common denominator. (laughs) Well, it is McDonald's. (laughs) Ooh. Are you saying that everyone that eats McDonald's is stupid, Brad? 
Yes. That's what I I love McDonald's, dude. I know. No, I don't. I mean, I I, I don't know. I like it. Who doesn't like McDonald's? That's pretty good. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Man, you know what my bag of shame was? For Mm. years. Taco Bell? No, my friend. Bang, bang? Double bang? uh, Double bang. That was... (laughs) Oh, man. That was terrible. (laughs) Jack in the Box and... Or not Jack in the Box. Checkers. Checkers. Oh, God, dude. Checkers. Is where we stopped on the way home from Taco Bell. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, but that's what, a good that's a good night. Clint and I used to do was there was a uh there's McDonald's like literally like a block and a half from our house. And yeah. there's a bar down the road too and we would go drinking and then come home and uh get in the car <laughs> and go and drive mm-hmm. around the corner to the McDonald's and yeah. I got the same thing every time. Quarter pounder with cheese, no onions, uh, fries, Dr. Pepper, and a six-piece nugget Ooh, yeah. with honey mustard. I don't know. There's something about That was my drunk pounder. bag of shame. <laughs> just fucking just shoveling it in. Yeah. Ooh. What is the – what's that burger place in, in – Birmingham, like it's, it, isn't it something Jack Jacks? Oh, there's Jacks. It, yep, just Jacks. Yeah, Jacks. Jacks and Milo's are the, yeah, the, yeah. The I local. used to go to Jacks when I lived in Muscle Shoals. I'd go to Jacks all the time for lunch. That's cool, man. <laughs> some weak ass tangents tonight. Let's. Yeah, I don't know. Let's move dude. on. Where were we? McDonald's. I don't know. Uh, Anthony, Tony Watts. Mm-hmm. This dude has emailed us. Have you? Did you read any of his emails? Uh, you, I, you, you, I don't know. You, if you, you might have started, but you haven't finished yet because they are some long emails, and I oh, love okay. it. But this dude's a new listener, and he is he's loving single podcast theory. Sweet. And uh, I just wanted to mention him. I, we can't read his emails; they're so long. <laughs> And then there's some that, like, I don't even know what he's talking about, but it makes me laugh anyway because he's laughing. He, like, <laughs> he, 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 referenced, he referenced something from, like, episode 19 mm-hmm. about a horse. And I have oh, no clue what he's talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I, was like, I don't even. What the fuck? <laughs> Maybe laugh so hard. His email. Cause that it just was said, awesome. Like, Dude, seriously, it's quote, it's not a horse, it's it's this, unquote. Ah ha ha ha, episode 19 was funny. And oh, that's I'm all trying it said. To find that. Like, I don't even know what he's talking about, but I love it. But yeah, that 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 dude uh he's been he's been going through like the past episodes and trying to catch up. So, I just wanted to give a shout out to him cuz that made me laugh. Yeah, there it is. I just you found it. it. It just oh, the only it just says subject is episode nineteen, right? Then the body of the email is just these two lines. <laughs> no, it was a horse. In in parent uh, parentheses, going to serious town. Then he just says, "Fuck me, I was crying." No <laughs> yeah. idea what that is. <laughs> Nothing. No clue. And I kind of want to leave it that way. I listened to that episode but i only made it through like 
Well, it's like two hours long, so oh, I didn't get okay. through the whole thing. What is episode 19? <laughs> What's this topic? That's no code. Oh, oh okay. So, I, I, I mean, I'm... Uh, dude, and all we did was laugh on that episode. Now, it's someone crazy. just randomly yelling uh, out of the three of us, <laughs> no, it was a horse! <laughs> right. I mean, that was Clint. Yeah, that's that what I was thinking, Clint. too. Yeah, it had to be. <laughs> but... It, <laughs> uh, thanks, but, uh, Anthony. That was awesome. That was a total head-scratcher. Yeah, that was But good. made me laugh. Um, <laughs> all right, what else you got? Um, just YouTube um december hotel yeah but um he said jack irons is my favorite no code uh jack irons is my favorite no code is not one of my favorite albums but jack is a highlight for me on that album yield is my favorite pearl jam album and he is one of the main reasons why hell yeah fuck yeah yeah december hotel it's always good to hear from him yeah it is um anything else and Another new, another new listener, random occurrences. Oh yeah, this Saw is from that. YouTube. Um, he he. This is from the um, the ten episode, which is number two. Mm-hmm. So he's going way back. Um, but he's saying that he just said washes his favorite Pearl Jam song hands down. The hair stands up on my arms every time I hear it. And then he says, Q101 killed alive for me. Yeah. Took took me years to finally enjoy it again. Almost did the same thing with Jeremy, but I can never get enough of Jeff's custom 12 strings. I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Rocking that fucking 12 string. Yeah, Q101, dude. That's That station was awesome, but at the same time, it was radio, so they would play the same shit. Right. Over and over and over, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's yeah. even worse now. Um, I don't listen. I don't listen to the I radio. don't either. But, um, all right, cool. Well, thanks, everyone, for your emails. If you'd like to email uh, the show, you can email us at singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, um, I don't, Facebook, all that good stuff. You will definitely be in contact with Brad B. If you are on social media. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you're our social media. I try. Liaison. Yeah. The, the, I'm the social media butterfly. Yeah, man. Um, so follow us there on the socials. Uh, what else? Never hurts us at all. If you haven't already, you could leave us a quick review on uh, iTunes. That goes a long way to kind of helping spread the word about us. And if you'd like to, if you've been listening to, for a while or whatever, and you'd like to support the show financially, because, you know, this is not something we get paid for. We both have full-time jobs and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but it does cost money from time to time. So if you'd like to help us out, uh, you can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash single podcast theory. And all of that information is there for you. So, yeah. Speaking of Patreon, yeah, what's up? We have to issue an apology. Oh, what did we do? We forgot to mention a new patron. We did? Yeah, yes. Well, like since September. Well, she signed up in August, but yeah, like August something. Oh, dude. Yeah. I we felt terrible. Blew it. We did. Woo. Yeah, so Kathleen Morrow? 
Maro? M-A-U-R-O. How would yeah, you pronounce yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Moro? Moro? Moro, yeah. We never... Oh, just... dude. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's your fault. It's totally my really? fault. Anything bad that goes on, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, apologies for that. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I felt really bad. But if if we've... The thing is, she she like reached out to me. And I felt bad, but I was like, I was so glad that she said something because if, yeah. if we've ever, if we ever forget anybody like that, please like, yeah, send let us email. know, man. Uh, you know, cause we're a couple knuckleheads. Yeah. But in her honor, I'm going to bring back something that I haven't done in forever. God damn it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Kathleen, this for you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, you cheese ball. Kathleen, that, what? <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> and then a fucking slide whistle. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, well, I got, what else can I do? Kathleen. I gotta do something. I've heard you've been feeling down and lonely. I can't believe I just sort of willingly took place you, in a slide whistle riff. <laughs> you said it. You set it up perfectly. I know. I know. I'm glad you Can were there I tell to catch you something? it. Yeah, that shit is so loud. I could hear it back through your side. Oh, I I know. <laughs> you just heard that uh, through the headphones that are wrapped over yeah. my ears. Yes. You probably heard that come <laughs> through my nasal cavity. <laughs> Which is pointed directly at the microphone. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, thank you, Kathleen. Yeah, thank you, Kathleen. That's our bad. Um, all right. Well, let's get into this week's episode. Yes. Off-Ramp Cafe, October 22nd, 1990. Um, mm, you got any... Ba- man. Okay. This is going to be interesting, I feel like. Uh, why, don't you, we, why don't you start yeah. us off? What do you want to say... Uh, is there any uh, well, info about it or what? I mean, it, it was the off ramp in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been there? Are they? Does that, does that place even still exist? I should have looked that up. I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't remember if I've been there or not. Um, can we? I, that's. I mean, there's really not. There was cool. like 150, 200 people. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to. <laughs> yep. Nope. <laughs> Let's just let that go. I had all day to do my homework, and I didn't do it. Mm. No, I did. I just didn't. That was something that kind of, like, I overlooked. Right. I, I remember thinking, like, when I was writing my notes, like, I wonder if they're still around. And then I just was, like, watching the show instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's just kind of jump into it then. Like, well, I mean, let's do our normal, like, what are your general, th- let's do this. What, what's your general thoughts okay. about it without before we get into the track by track? I mean, to me... The fact that this like is available on YouTube and like it it kind of looks pretty good. It doesn't look pretty good, it but looks it, it looks terrible. It looks yeah, like but eight bit Minecraft. No, it doesn't look that bad. Seriously. Okay. It looks pretty. It looks pretty bad. Mike, you can't see any faces. 
Not in the yeah. screen I was watching on. I don't think it's that bad. It's pretty bad. Considering it's like VHS from 28 Sure, years totally. No, it's going to be it's not going to be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've seen worse. Is what I'm saying. I've se- I dude, yeah, I'm I've saying, seen like, worse too, but that's that's I've, pretty low bar. I had a I had a bootleg of like um one of the bridge school shows yeah. and it was like a fifth generation VHS copy that was taken of the screen at the bridge school. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that that's that rough. was like fucking Minecraft sure. with like Vaseline over the lens. Okay. All right. This is not this is not that bad. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Cool. And the sound isn't even that terrible. Yeah, you think it's you think it's pretty bad? It's pretty bad. But We're it's not about... gonna be good, you know. Someone's fucking handheld recorder from nineteen ninety. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying it's it's definitely listenable. I mean, yeah, I'm like, glad it's there. Totally. Yeah. I'm not trying to. Why are we fighting, Brad? I I don't I don't know, dude. Because I want you to love what I love. Okay. And well, if you continue. Don't, it makes me sad. The video quality isn't gonna you know. The video quality and sound Change quality is not like you know official bootleg quality. Sure. But to me, it's very. Who cares? A lot of my favorite bootlegs are like the same kind of quality. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, but the fact that this is like available and you can hear it and watch it and it's not, you know, I just, dude, I'm just like blown away that this exists, mm-hmm. that their first fucking performance exists. Yeah. Yeah. Like that you can watch it and listen to it. Yeah. I agree. It's like a piece of history. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's like, uh. You know, that dude's grandson is still alive and he was around like when Lincoln was around. <laughs> no, but it is. It is to me it's like historical that, that this is footage even survived and it was somebody had the foresight to record this. Yeah, no shit. I mean, like I said, I'm glad it's there. Um I don't know. I mean obviously I don't it's like performances aren't great which is yeah, interesting I mean, to watch you know what i mean like that's it's yeah. like getting to I'll, see the beginning right like yeah. warts and it's, all you know it's yeah it's very like it's not the greatest performance ever but the fact like let's talk about real quick like i mean everyone kind of knows a story of like eddie got this tape from jack and was talking sure. to the guys and was like yeah i'm gonna come and he came on october 8th to Seattle, mm-hmm. and they like recorded a bunch in a week, and then Eddie went back home for a few days, and then came back like two days before this concert. Right. So from the day he came to two weeks later, they're fucking on stage playing what was it, eight or nine songs? Yeah, something like that. And that, I, that just like blows my mind. Yeah. No, that's one of the the cool things about this video is getting to see how quickly it came together, but it also shows you like all the work that has to go into something. Um, yeah. The songs to make are, it great. Are, Cause it's not, it's, and I don't mean this as a slam. It's like, it's not right. great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how the changes that they, they made to their own songs and how they found found their own individual voices as a unit though 
Um, mm-hmm. That just, that's why they're <clears throat> great. But And they probably had help along the way, whether it's from, you know, Rick Perisher or friends that they trusted and stuff like that. But, um, like, if that stuff hadn't been changed, then they would not have gone anywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's cool yeah. to see that. I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. Like, you make it sound like it's terrible. Like, them perform- the performance is terrible. They're not sure when the next part of the song comes up half of the time. Like, someone will go into the pre-chorus, but the rest of the band's still in the in the um, verse. Or there's just, like, a lot of shit. Like, again, I'm not, like, shitting on them. That's the whole yeah. thing. It's, like, it's the first show. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. But it's yeah. not, like, they were definitely... That's the whole thing. That's what you get to, for me anyway, you get to see through a shitty performance at the very beginning, and it shows people that you have to fucking work hard. You have to get into a fucking basement or a garage or whatever it is and fucking figure it out. You can't, you can't American Idol that shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like, for me, I think it's cool that there's tons of mistakes and Eddie is not like there's no clear leader on the stage. Yeah. Which is a weird thing well, to that's, see. Well, that is one thing is like lyrically, like the lyrics, there's a lot oh, of He hasn't finished lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> right. I guess I give him more credit because of the whole like two weeks thing. Like they just met each other two weeks ago mm-hmm. and they were able to get up on stage and play these songs, you know in a way that's they're pretty much yeah they the songs definitely evolved you know yeah but yeah. they're you can t- totally see like the bones of the song like the structures of the song absolutely yeah <clears throat> i guess that's what makes it so like special to me mhm yeah i think you just I, I think i think we're both fascinated by the show i think we just come yeah. we're coming at it from different yeah viewpoints the only thing i i i mean i i think i saw a youtube comment where someone was like why are people just standing around talking that's pearl jam at their first show and i'm like like, they don't know that yeah exactly well and did you say it's a youtube comment yeah Yeah. well there you go (laughs) jesus i should mention that they were billed as Mookie Blaylock at this time. Yeah. And did you ever know, do you know why they ever chose that name? Because I do. I'm just asking if you do, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. Why they chose it? Yeah, like what? why they used Mookie Blaylock. Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I thought that they were just fans or something, but. Yeah. Because I know just way into basketball. and Somebody... They were, like, messing with uh, basketball cards, and somebody happened to slip, like, a Mookie Blaylock card into the, like, the Stone demo, or the Mookie, not the, the the Mama-san demos. They, like, put the Mookie Blaylock card in there just kind of, like, as a joke or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when the show came up, they're like, we need a name. And they just used Mookie Blaylock because it was the card that happened to be in the tape. And then they. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, they just did. I like. The, I do like the way they don't give a fuck though. Like that story is a good example of it, and yeah. this show is a good example of it. Like most people would be like, "We're not ready to fucking get on stage yet." Yeah, but for them, they're like, "Well, now we're kind of feeling some, something jiving here, so let's just keep doing it." I think that's like pretty brave, if not naive. I don't yeah. know, but. Um, well, I think they just were like so hungry to get back out there. Yeah, totally. You and know? you do get that f- a bit of that feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. I don't know. It's so it's so hard to watch it because of what we know they ended up being. Yeah. See, I I I don't know, dude. I'm, okay. I, it's well, I think it's good. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't, obviously, it's not. You know. Well, all of my notes are <laughs> <laughs> are about how bad it is. I mean, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I'm not thinking of it that way. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think the performance is. Well, I is mean, this bad. is what I. I already said some of it, but like, just in general, yeah. like it's there's no and how I guess how could there be? But I also think that shows like a lot of respect, like that there's no clear leader on stage that hasn't happened yeah. yet. You know what I mean? Even though right. behind the scenes, you know, musically and everything, Stone is the leader at that point. But that doesn't translate on stage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's almost like based on stage pre- presence, if anyone seems like the kind of dynamic or emotional leader of the band, it's Mike. Yeah. So he was he was like just fucking going for it. Like they had been playing a thousand times. Yeah. He was definitely the most animated. Yeah. I don't know. That's just super weird, and it shows how important it is to have, like, a front man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if not, it's just like, I don't know. It can be boring. Yeah, well, like, speaking of that, like, Eddie is just, most of the time, just kind of standing there. Right. Singing. And at some points, he's kind of swaying around. But even then, he's just like, he just looks like totally kind of like he doesn't know where he's supposed to be you know yeah yeah Um, they're definitely just feeling shit out but there are some some moments where he gets like into it but Mm -hmm. not it's like little bursts but but like micro bursts like it's not even like oh now i can rock out he kind of like just (laughs) it's just like a just for a couple seconds and then he's back to like oh wait i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing so i'm just gonna stand here you know yeah well i mean i haven't i have it later in my notes but it doesn't matter it's still kind of a general comment and then we can start track by track but i think part of it is like eddie's power comes from him being able to be vulnerable and he wasn't understandably he wasn't there yet he wasn't vulnerable Mm -hmm. yet and maybe he didn't even know that's what it took for him you know what i mean to kind of become what he was when we first saw him right yeah um Mm -hmm. after 10 had been made they'd started touring some um yeah i don't know it's uh it's interesting to see how important that is to his performance because that vulnerability is what makes 20,000 people feel like he's singing to them as individuals. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I don't know. That's my little rant, I guess. But <laughs> it's just cool to be able to see that, you know? Yeah. A lot of, you don't get to see that with most bands. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, they, <laughs> well, I guess they technically open with a sound check of even flow kind of right yeah what i was reading about is that they for some reason they were late getting like getting in and getting loaded in so and while they were they were sound checking the off ramp opened their doors and so people just like came in while they were playing even flow right that's that's how the, the video on youtube starts um but it's kind of cool eddie said that when they started playing that his eyes were closed and then he kept them closed like throughout the whole song mm-hmm. and then he when he opened them all of a sudden there's, people like were a crowd, there. <laughs> there's a crowd of people he said it was like a dream right. you know it was like something out of a dream so i'm like that's pretty cool that's cool but um all right so technically the the set starts with um release It's still totally a jam. Yeah. Like they haven't, which again, <laughs> they've only been a band for like two fucking weeks or whatever. Right. But yeah. um, you can just see like all that kind of the dynamics. I guess the dynamics are there, but it's just so that lyric is so dear to fans and yeah, um, important to people, me included, that that song without those lyrics finished is just like what you know what i mean it's just not the yeah. same yeah in the lyrics i don't even th- i don't think he was done with the lyrics because the first verse is just him like mumbling yeah and just like hitting certain words and that's yep. it but i think he said that that song came out of the band just like jamming on their instruments yeah. And then Eddie started like saying words. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point he said something about he he never wrote the the lyrics down because um I don't know, something like he wanted to be true to the like improv <clears throat> aspect of how of how the band was creating the music. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. But they do but that a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's like one thing like these songs all sound like demo versions <clears throat> where they are like warts and all mm-hmm. you know yeah but he, yeah even some of the demos that <coughs> sorry I got sound, be- sound better <coughs> I, got, I swallowed Coca-Cola down the wrong pipe mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, I think sound better. <laughs> but <laughs> um Yeah, but it's cool to see the beginnings of release like that, obviously. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and then they go into one of my favorites, I think yours too, they do alone. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck, it's slow. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. It is so slow. That's like a running theme, though, of most of these yeah. songs. I was going to say, show. go ahead and add that comment of mine to every one of the songs <laughs> we'll talk about tonight. And the lyrics. like the, I, I don't know if it's the sound quality or if Eddie hadn't either A, finished the lyrics or B, forgot them. I bet they but just like, weren't finished yet, man. Yeah. There's a lot of like just that, you know, yeah. go it alone. <laughs> well, and it was so kind of jarring for me to hear. For the most part, the arrangement is intact, but they went yeah. straight uh, from the the intro, which is the that little section, and then normally mm-hmm. they go into the verse riff without vocals, like Before one time around, any, and then yeah. he starts singing. But yeah. I, when I watched it again, I was like, whoa, if I can yeah. just go straight to the verse. It comes right It was kind of weird. I think there's a demo version, though. There's a version, Where it's a like recorded that? version. Yeah, because huh. um, is that on Lost Dogs? I, man, I get all the different things I know. With I, I'm just that song I, and Wash. And, like, I know I, I've heard, it, I remember having like a bootleg that had a loan on it. Mm-hmm. And it went right into the Eddie's okay. vocals. And then I heard another version later where it's what you're talking about, where they, they play the guitar plays the verse and then Eddie comes in. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, this just goes back to, like you said, like they were still trying to figure out the structure of these songs at the time. Yeah. And that's, that's what I like so much about watching them play these is how they evolved from this to what you know you know, yeah, how it's you, like doing a fucking case study on the band. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I, the slow, jammy version of this, like, really makes Mike Solo fucking sound awesome. Because it's, yeah, because he can breathe a little bit more with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, just sounds. But it fucking kills the song for me. I don't know. I, I like this version a lot. I, mm. I mean, I, I like the recorded version a lot better. But it just seemed like, I'm just saying the solo, that part of the song just sounded really cool to me. Yeah, yeah. Because it was so such a slowed down version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was, was like, you know, perfect um, moment for that slow groove stuff is like Mike's yeah. bag, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, then we get a live.
mm-hmm. which is much more intact as a song. Um, but it's like, man, you got you, you can't. Even though it's cool that we get to see this before all the kinks are worked out and blah 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. it's bo- it's boring, dude. <laughs> Like, oh, bread lions. He's just like, oh, uh, uh, like there's no, like, uh, see, I don't cutting see it like Eddie. that. He's like, no confidence. Did we watch the same video? <laughs> yeah. Because what I felt watching this was like, his voice is there. Like the intense Eddie is there, but mm, he's I not like. like that at all. Wow, I I mean, I felt like if I would have closed my eyes, like I would have heard this. Like I would, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like he was just standing there. He was not like moving around or jumping around or showing any kind of emotion. But if you closed your eyes, the voice that was coming out was the same intensity as it was a year from this performance. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. That's crazy. That's so weird that we saw like two different versions. Yeah. No. Um cuz it was to me it was almost like I know this isn't what they did, but it was almost like they were playing a tape from a performance like a year later over the video of him just standing there because I'm like, how is that voice coming out of that physical body that's just standing there? But I'm like, because that's Eddie. And that's his voice. And you're saying you didn't feel that at all. Nope. Didn't They didn't feel connected to the songs yet. Because they're not. Those lyrics, though? Eddie singing those words? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he was pretty into it. I'm sure he was feeling something, but how it translates is, for me, like, makes me more and more thankful they did the work that they did to get them where they were, because, like, if that's... Yeah, I don't know. If that was a Pearl Jam performance, that was, like, Norm, I don't know, dude. Maybe I should have just listened to the audio and not watched the <laughs> shitty video along with it. I don't know. Maybe that. Yeah. Mess, be because we are hearing two completely study. different things. Yeah, totally. Um, I thought Mike's solo was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and it, again, I wrote in my notes, like Eddie, this is a song that Eddie kind of, sort of has those, those like flashes of intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just... <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. That's cool. No, no, yeah, I mean, weird. I don't... I mean, I'm not like... I apologize. No, we're not arguing. It's just it's just funny how we see two different things. Yeah. Well, let's talk about once.
because this is pretty cool and from the 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 kind of yeah. case study standpoint it's like you yeah. get to hear the pre-chorus not as it is on the mama son uh right. the mama son demo <laughs> what'd you do But not quite what it became on the record either. You can tell it was like halfway through morphing from the demo into what would become the record. Yeah, he's just not doing the crazy falsetto stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But he hadn't gotten the rap part down yet. You know, his phrase. Yeah, yeah. He yeah he kind of slips into like the funk rap style yeah a totally. little bit he's still it's totally it's kind of there but it's yeah it's not the mama song version yeah and again the lyrics <laughs> they're not all there no Mm-mm. nope um yeah and Eddie's slow just slow still, down again yeah slow eddie's still just like the the chill surfer kid man when <laughs> you know when someone else is playing a solo man He's just gonna go back by the drum riser and just get out of the way, and then come back up yeah. with the mic, you know, which is <laughs> cool. But yeah. that is not the Eddie that I knew, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was not crowd surfing and climbing the rafters. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, then we get the the uh, proper in the set version of Even Flow. I just wrote clam.com. <laughs> Bad notes everywhere. Just fucking yeah. slinging them out there. Well, half the band's playing the chorus, the other half is playing still playing the pre-chorus. And Ed does Ed Eddie has no idea when he's supposed to come in no. to the chorus, to the chorus. It's amazing to watch, man. I think he messes up every time. Like the the second chorus and then after the solo he he always comes in too too quick yeah and they did no one knew how many times to do the dun, 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 dun. right you know cuz they you know in the record version or in, in the version that we know it's a different amount of times each time it hits that part of the song and they just had not fucking figured that out yet like yeah. Mike did it three times, but the rest of the band only did it once or <laughs> yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. You know? Um, well, it was interesting. And maybe I'm I don't know. I isn't maybe I'm just thinking of the drums, but maybe it's the whole song. Is this a song that's kinda like hard to play? It's kinda like from a musician standpoint, it's it's weird. Or am yeah, I just I mean, of the, the drums are because they they've said like they could never get the drums right on this song. Yeah, yeah, that's always. I think they've said that about almost every drummer they've ever had. Yeah, 
the even <laughs> flow, they just never felt like they could get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's none weird. of the like Ed's um, like when he says like yeah after yeah. the after the chorus. Like mm-hmm. the, there's none of those. No, I, I missed I missed those. See, and that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about that just makes it feel really bland. Hmm. It's just like a simple yeah from Eddie just fucking changes the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um. Well, okay. Let's talk. Shit. Well, so, can we talk about Mike real quick? On yeah, yeah. Flow? Sure. That his solo is like completely different. Than, yeah, it's cool. Like the record. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> just kidding. Now, what were you gonna say? I I, I was just like joking. It. I was it's real trying choppy. to argue with you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That I, that would have been awesome if you really did think it was awesome. Because I'm like, uh, like this. There was one. That was like one thing I didn't really enjoy was like it's real choppy, real like Stevie Rayish. Uh, n- no, it's uh, or you it mean just sounds... like kind of like plays a little bit then nothing then yes yeah exactly yeah and. It's like um, almost like he just made it up as he was going along. Like, oh, I got to throw a solo into this part of the song. Yeah, but he always does that. Yeah, that's but... his bag. That's why he stands out on this show is because all he has to fucking do is know what key the song's in. And he's but just kind of fucking I'm saying ripping is, shit. I'm agreeing with you on this particular point is mm-hmm. that he he just wasn't there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like it, he didn't know what to do. Agreed. Okay. He had well, some good. cool moments the rest oh, of the okay, set though. Good. Yeah. Um All right. All right, cool. Black. Let's let's talk about your fave here. Yes. What do you? What, what, I guess you love uh, it. I did love it, Ugh. and this song sounded the closest to the album version than any of these other songs. Like all these other, like Alive and Once, they're they're weird. They're kind of they're really slow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Black sounds pretty close to like they didn't have like black didn't have to evolve as much as the rest of these 
Yeah, it just uh, to me, it just didn't have the emotion that I'm used to. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. This was another one. The lyrics were not ready. Totally. Yeah. So. It's just yeah. It's just weird to realize how many like after going back to the show again, how many of my favorite parts of some of these songs are um, not strictly because of the dynamics, but, uh, you know, because of how the band or Eddie is emoting. It's just not, it's a band that's been together for two weeks and they're just not confident. Even if they're excited, Mm -hmm. they might be excited, but they just don't have any confidence up there, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I'm giving them way too much credit for, or how do you, not credit, but like too much leeway. Because I'm just fascinated that these guys were together for two weeks and got up there and played halfway decent. They don't sound like, like fifth graders. No. You know? Oh, God, no. No, I mean, if I was in the crowd, mm-hmm. I mean, this is easy. They've been to, to talk about like and find mistakes. It's And for me, it's not about the mistakes. It's about... How far, how hard they worked. Yeah. And, you know, people think that the, these people just get together one time and it's fucking amazing. Nope. Yeah. They, even the, the best bands have worked their asses off to make you yeah. think that this shit's easy, you know? I, but what I'm saying is, like, in my mind, a band that's only been together for two weeks would sound like they've only been together for two weeks. Yeah. And I mean, they're, me, they're, this, these guys are pros. I, that's yeah, but but well, give, but let's give also break, then. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of that is just, uh, also because. Well, uh, <clears throat> what do you mean? Give him a break? <laughs> what do you mean? This is my favorite fucking want... band. I don't yeah. think it's a good performance. <laughs> it makes me realize how much I love. I, I'm saying the same. We're just saying we're fucking talking in circles. Yeah, I think yeah. I don't understand why you think that I'm just like shitting on it i think Mm -hmm. you i think for you Mm -hmm. you're just so you think it's so cool to see these early versions of these songs yeah i think that's what you love if you were looking at it also from like a musician standpoint like they're fucking up all over the place but that's okay that's what i'm saying figuring it out you know that's what i'm saying i don't see it through that musician's eyes because i'm not a musician i got you okay so yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I guess I'm that, giving. Then yeah, hopefully you understand that I'm. You know, I feel like you're saying I, like you're just like God. You think, you know, well yeah, I do think it's bad. How, how dare you? How dare you talk talk down about Pearl Jam? Put put I, put the single soundtrack a, version of Breath against this Breath.
tell me the single soundtrack version isn't better or a live performance of that song from that time. Oh my God, it's like unbelievably yeah. better, you know? That doesn't mean this is bad, though. No, and because maybe this will help it make sense. If I was in the crowd that night, I'd have yes. been like, I, "I, this is a cool band. I'm going to yeah, check this out. There you go. All right. But watching it, Blazik. how many years later on a YouTube video, mm-hmm. it's really easy to see how bad it is <laughs> in some ways. Again, oh, had me. in had comparison me. to what we know they became. Yeah. That's it. I, oh, my okay. God. I'm done. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> I need a real Pearl Jam fan to contact me. Jesus Christ. My new my new host. Ugh. My new co-host. <laughs> Ugh. So over you, Brad B. All right, let's talk about breath. <sighs> yes. Uh, uh, you want to so, know what I um, wrote mm-hmm. on this one, Brad? I do. I now do I'm just going to really dig into anything negative oh. I wrote. Uh, okay. It says yeah, in my notes, it. it says... And I actually took the time to write all this out. I mm-hmm. I normally like bullet point stuff. One of my favorites, and this is boring as fuck. And no <laughs> one knows what the fuck is happening after the bridge. Everyone's just lost. <laughs> I, yeah. It's fucking pandemonium. No, dude. It's they're all playing different talk, shit. It's terrible. You're talking about the jam at the end, right? Yeah. That's awesome. No. That long jammy end. No. I love it. All right, cool. I mean, that's awesome. No, actually, no, I'm being like, I'm being a little bit facetious, but like, this is the like breath in a scream version mm-hmm. that's on the Redux. On the Redux, yeah. I do not like that version. No. It's so like slowed down and weird sounding. Yeah. And this is, this is, it's very like, similar. Yeah, which I, don't, I mean, I don't those really like pr- probably happened at around the same about the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I did like I did like the end. The end. How? So you're? Are you saying finally they came they, back into <clears throat> Stone? Get Stone brought it all back together when he went back into that hook. Okay. Whatever okay. happened after Eddie stopped singing, like the bridge or whatever it is, yeah, and then until he started playing that, it was just like, what is happening right now? Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that so much. I just I like how the song kind of jams out at the end. Yeah, I get it. So, all right, hippie, and they were. Well, uh, yeah, I love it when bands yeah, jam. <laughs> no, just this one. Um, this, this seemed like they finally were like the whole band was getting a little more like animated at this point, mm-hmm. and and then they played. Then they left the stage, I guess, because I think I think I, <laughs> I think I think just a girl was kind of like an encore. Oh, the really? The video, yeah, the video like cuts like it does the, that a bunch, the video. Though. They do that yeah, for every song. Yeah, yeah. I think black black starts like in the middle of the first verse. First verse. Yeah. You yeah. don't get the v- the very beginning right. at all. Um, but yeah, they come back and then they play just a girl.
but it just sucks because you're listening to the verses. You're like, oh, that's the Eddie. That's the Eddie I kind of know. That's the Eddie I fell in love with. And then it just gets, it's like building up, and then it just gets the chorus, and it's like, he's just a girl. He's just a girl. Snore.com. But yeah, it's not cool. my favorite song. It's cool. cool. You know what would be awesome? What? If they played this set list, like in the middle of a show next next year. That's true. That would be cool. I mean, that'd be super nerd.com, <clears throat> but yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. But how fucked up and crazy would it be? It would be both of those. But things. nobody, I mean, it'd be awesome. I, I mean, we got to see Evil, evil Little <clears throat> Goat. Yeah. That was awesome. Get to see that. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. But come back out for the, the second, for the first encore with release. Right. I dig it. Mm. Mm. It'll never happen. Mm. But it would be cool. I mean, that would be a, a fucking alive, even flow and black mm-hmm. in, an, in an encore. Yeah, bro. It'd be cool. Um. All right. Well, I'm glad we made it through that. Yeah, that was rough. No, it was a good conversation, man. <laughs> I just okay. don't know why you don't think like me, Brad. I know, exactly. You're really harsh in my mellow, bro. You know I'm going through a rough time right now. Rough times. Rough times, bro. <laughs> Just agree with me, man. Please, I need this. I need to be understood. <laughs> and then be right. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> uh, no, I don't fun. know, dude. I, I, I love it. I love watching this I show. I think it's cool. I th- yeah. You'll probably never watch Always. it again, but I'm glad I did. I, I love it. I will. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it as soon as you hang well, out. No, you do that. And just you see watch the that. shit out of that, bro. Like, wow, does how does he not see this? Can he hear the magic <laughs> and majesty? <laughs> yeah, look at how good they are. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two so weeks. good. <laughs> so- <laughs> Tell me who else Let's can do it. Want to see him do that? <clears throat> okay. Well. Yeah. Well. All right, dude. Brad. <laughs> Man, that's not cool, dude. <sighs> I can't. I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Fucking hold it like a goddamn gentleman. We're about to sign off. <laughs> you know who wow. we're about to sign off. I, I, yeah, you couldn't make it through the email. <laughs> fucking email and I, until no, next week. No, that was your ears, dude. I did not. Wait, did I? Really? <laughs> you didn't just do that? <laughs> I don't even know what's during, real anymore. I don't know, dude. Brad. Well, mm. we'll just dub this the insanity issue <laughs> or episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Seriously. Back to serious now for a second. Thank you guys for yeah. listening. You don't have to apologize, <laughs> man. It's a horse. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. You can email us at singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. Oh, my God. Get me out of here. Until next week, yeah. I'm Brad Lyons. I like, when you, like, I like when you just start laughing for no reason. <laughs> <sighs> A lot going up in my All brain, right. bud.
Okay, here we go. Until next <laughs> week, I'm Brad Lyons. And I am Brad Blazek saying, don't even think about stopping by. Don't think of me at all. Wow. Yeah. That's super emo, bro. <laughs> super emo cho- choice. <laughs> Jesus. I, I'm all about the emo. Oh. Bye. Bye. Good be good. <laughs> good be good. Bye. Good be good. <laughs> I tried to be more professional. You failed. I died. I died and you just I died and you watched. I died and you walked by and said, no, I'm dead. I was fine. Fuck yeah.